Welcome to Game of Books with Kathy in South Dakota. That's me. And Christy in South Florida. That's me. We're two newbie writers sharing our take on wine, food, and mystery books. And the authors who write them. Join us for the fun. Hi, Kathy and all you mysterious foodies out there. Hello. Hello. This is episode 23, our grand finale for season (laughs) one. Woo-woo. I know. And you, you do you realize that along with Corks and Conversation, that means we've done 32 straight weeks of podcasting. <laughs> I I cannot believe it. I am I am I'm going I'm going to give us kind of a, a little pat on the back. Yes, we're rock stars. I, that's what I well, think. <laughs> I think so too. And you know when we when you see that number though, although I am kind of tired. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> It's a lot of books. And we have read a lot of books. Yeah, a lot of wine. Oh yes, <laughs> we drink a lot of wine. I know. We're gonna have to probably do a little bit of a break on that too for for our um, our little intermission. We'll be like, okay, we're going to uh, not read. No, we're. I think we're gonna have to yeah. keep. Yeah, it. I was thinking about doing research on both ends, yeah. the wine and <laughs> the books. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. I know, that's what I was thinking. Our and, neighbor um, just brought over some wine that looked so interesting and so yummy. Oh, And good. my husband was all excited to share this bottle of wine. And I was like, oh, wait, we're going to talk about it in our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was not what he was thinking. But yeah. anyway. We're going to share it with everybody. <laughs> yeah. Not just with. Yeah. yeah. I know. I know. Well, think about it, too. When we started out, we were doing two books every episode. Yeah, that was a lot. Yeah. It it was a lot, and, yeah. and you know what? Also, though, it was, I like I like sharing the book and going yeah. deep the way we do it now. Yeah. So we are on the same page because before, for those of us, um, for those um, mysterious foodies that didn't listen to the earlier ones, <laughs> and you can always I go would, back; they're still there. Because yes, <laughs> there's some really we went through a lot of books during those first several episodes because I know. we each had a book that we would bring to the table, as it were. Yeah. Um, that table that's 2,000 miles um, long. And, you know, each of us kind of summarized it and then talked to the other person about it. And, and it was really fun because we got to talk about more books. Yes. Um, but I do like getting to go deep, I think, yeah. on uh, a book together. Yes. Yes. Because yeah. I, I always felt like there was so much information that I, I mean, we had to yeah. learn how to not talk so much because we knew so much about each book yeah. that it would have gone on. We'd each get so excited I know. <laughs> about our book. And, and now you know, now I'm going back and reading. Like I just started since I know that we don't have one, you know, that we have to read for next week. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going back and reading one of the books that you suggested. I know. That I, I never I, got had, to. Yeah, you had texted me that. And I, I think you're really going to like it. And so now I want to talk about it again with you. But, you know, know, one thing we haven't told our mysterious foodies is that we um, we never discuss our our books together beforehand. We really want to have it fresh and be on yes. the air. So we never never give up our opinions about anything until we're talking about it on the podcast. Yep. Which I'm kind of proud of us for being able to do I that. I know. I know. I know. Because there will be times where I'll, I'll start and you'll say, wait, 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 don't, don't do it. Don't talk about it yet. Because I'm a little impatient. Well, what, right now I'm going to say, wait, wait, wait. We've, we've got to talk about the wine before oh, we yes, go any yes, further. Yes, yes. Okay. Okay. All right. So which, what was the wine you picked? Okay. So I picked the Trevento Malbec. Mm-hmm. And 
And it is, you know, interestingly, we, we did a Malbec that I also had picked mm-hmm. um, on episode 20. And we did the Alamos Malbec when we discussed um, DJ Palmer's Saving Megan. Right. And um, so I wasn't really intending to choose a Malbec again, mm-hmm. but it was, I have a reason. So we can talk okay. about that later. But okay. that's why. So right. it sounds kind of familiar. Go back and check out episode 20 so you can always, we always could compare. So but it is also it. from, mm-hmm. yeah, let me taste it too here. It's from the Mendoza region in mm-hmm. Argentina. I didn't look at the tasting notes in case you're going to put me on the spot. You know what? I was thinking about it, but I think it's really hard. But I am. You think it's you think it's going to be impossible, right? No, I think this one will. You'll give it. I think you'll get it really well. Why? But give me a hint. I don't know. (laughs) Why do you do a hint? (laughs) Well, because we've already done a Malbec. I know. You know, and and it's from a very similar region. And um, anyway, so let's take a drink, and you just tell me what you, what you taste. I feel like it's a little peppery. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a little spicy. <laughs> a little spicy, really? Yeah. Hmm. I'm gonna have a little bit now. See if I got that. Oh man, I want to look at the back. I can't. You're much better really at this than me. Cheat McCheaty. Okay, so it is. Um, the tasting notes are, it's a deep red and violet in color, obviously. Oh, I, I could have said that. I know. I should have said that. <laughs> That's not really a tasting note, but I think it's part of it. But it has powerful aromas of, of ripe red fruits, mm-hmm. strawberries, and cherries with hints of coffee and chocolate from the oak. It has a good body. That's why you flesh. thought I'd do it. And I was going to pick chocolate just because I thought you would think that that was what I would say, but I couldn't really taste it. So <laughs> I don't really taste the chocolate either, but I don't taste pepper either. <laughs> maybe it's but, um, maybe it's just because uh, I brushed my teeth a little while ago. I don't know. <laughs> I've got to have another sip, let me tell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. funny. I went to a... Um, I went to a... A yoga class, actually, that we had mimosas at. And mm-hmm. one of my friends just winced when she had her orange juice and champagne oh, because yeah. she was like, oh, I knew it was too soon since I had brushed my teeth. I That's the worst. Don't you think it orange is. juice is like the yeah, worst after you brush your yeah. teeth? It's like, Especially what? when you've added champagne to it and then you're <laughs> ruining that whole thing. <laughs> Awful. Yep. So, um, interestingly, it does say for pairing, and we'll, we'll go back to this, but mm-hmm. the Malbec is an ideal match to full-flavored foods and barbecued meats. So that was, mm, um, okay. that's, that's a little that's a little hint for later. But I do want to mention to you quick, before we go on, that I found a really cool review of this, <laughs> this particular Malbec. What are you laughing at? <laughs> I was turning the bottle around, like just like sliding it around, and Cheating. our sound editor... <laughs> gave me this look like I was torturing him, like I was scratching oh. the, the chalkboard. And I and it's on a placemat and everything, but, you know, oh, well. All right, I'll be very he's, careful with it. He's a go. very diligent sound editor. <laughs> okay, so go on. Maybe too much. Okay, <laughs> As you were so saying. I found, well, I found a really great um, review for this wine. Oh, okay. Um, when I was looking, when I was Googling it. And it is, and it, it's a really neat um website or or blog and i wanted to tell you about it because i think our listeners might like it too um it's called and it's got a great name it's called reverse wine snob (laughs) have you ever heard of that no 
It's a what, great, Okay, let's see. Um, what would a reverse wine snob be? That means a wine so the, glutton. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the tagline is, wine doesn't have to be expensive to be good. Oh, okay. So it's a... A guy who um, reviews a guy lower after cost our wines. own hearts. Maybe yes, we should have him on I, a podcast. <laughs> well, I and he gave this a great review. He really thought that this particular um, Malbec, this Trevento, was. He said it's pretty darn good for an eight dollar wine. It was ten dollars here. Yeah, I um, think mine was. And 10. he suggested that you use it as your house red. Oh, and he thought it was. Yeah, he really liked it, and. But it's a fun website, and I thought people who listen to our podcast might enjoy it. So yeah, and Shout you know what? On my on my bottle on the front of my bottle, because mm-hmm. I think I have like the latest bottle. It's 2018. Okay. I don't know what yours is, but mm-hmm. there's um, a sticker on there that says "Official Wine of Major League Soccer." Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So I thought that was interesting too. I didn't yeah, know, you know they had an official wine, but now I know. <laughs> they have a, um, I didn't find an actual website just for the Trevento um, wine. I mean, mm-hmm. I found their distributor's website. Mm-hmm. And um, the second thing that popped up actually was that review from um, Reverse Wine Snob. So that's how I got on there. Cool. Uh, but I don't know about the soccer sponsorship. That's neat. Yeah. Anyway, really cool. Well, it's very good. So there you go. Yeah. All right. So now that we have our wine, so tell us what kind of fun things are you going to do besides <laughs> testing wines and and books for our <laughs> next say, I'm gonna, season? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to dive deep into my research. <laughs> well, of course, you and I are going to meet at Thriller Fest, so we mm-hmm. are on a full hiatus. I mean, we'll be doing a lot of season, the killer season two work at Thriller Fest. I think. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. But I, I yeah, I hope so too. Yeah. There's so many yeah. there's gonna be so many great authors and Yeah. It's, it's gonna a be fun. Really amazing experience. To any other writers out there who are thinking about a conference, I would highly recommend Thriller Fest if that's your yeah. genre. Now it's it is amazing. expensive because it's in New York, so you might have to it like start you know, planning way ahead of time, although it is expensive. You know, start putting putting away some coins each month or something, but it's, yeah, it's well it worth is. it, I think. Yeah. So my, my main plan, honestly, is um, to uh, really dive deep in my writing, you know, to yeah. uh, rededicate more hours a week to that. That's kind of my main, my main thing. All right. If we were near each other, I'd do this. High five. Or cause... we could do a cheers with our glass. Okay, cheers. Ding. <laughs> yeah, because I, I feel the same way. I feel like, yeah, you know, just to have, even though, you know, the podcast is a ton of fun and the blog is oh a lot gosh. of fun. And, you know, yeah. this has been such a great experience this whole year, really. Um, it will it will be nice to have a little break, kind of like, you know, summer break for school, you know. Well, I think, you know, I think the benefit of the break is um, – twofold for me one i i am excited to take a break and get refreshed and we can you know dive in deep and and um decide how we're gonna do next year a little bit better that's always mm-hmm. really fun mm-hmm. but i am gonna take advantage of uh the time savings yeah. for sure and and put that into my writing so that's yep. that's what i want to do this i know and year. i got i have fun writing coming up i think you're still you're kind of in the editing phase. i am in the editing slot that's not as fun to me it's not terrible, but it's really not as fun. <laughs> you know, I, I have um, I have been 
I have been on that, <laughs> the negative uh, side of the editing, my feelings at least, you know, just not feeling mm-hmm. great about it, but um, that's been for a variety of reasons. I will say yesterday I had probably the best editing day I've ever had. Oh, and I got great. more accomplished in that day. Yeah, so that really made me excited, actually. So oh, that good. felt great. So I think when it goes well, mm-hmm. man, you can feel so good. Yeah. It's just like writing. But yeah. I was just thinking about that this morning, that, you know, each stage, you know, when we ask writers how they work, we're usually asking them about, like, initial drafting, right? Like, mm-hmm. how much, how many words a day, that kind of stuff. Right, but right. after you do an initial draft... You're fixing and you're tinkering and you're revising and editing. And so it's never that just throwing words in the paper, except for, in my mind, that first draft. Because mm-hmm. then you're, you know, tinkering. So right. um, there's definitely. You know, what, an interesting stuff. question I think we should ask is also, do you want to go back and edit things that have already been published? Because that's kind of. Because, oh. like, I, I've been having sort of an itch to go back and edit the one that I feel like is at the point where you know I'm querying it and I'm like going is that just a procrastination technique on my part or (laughs) to not do your project (laughs) yeah like I don't know you know like okay well I oh I think I can write this better I can do you know I don't know Mm -hmm. it's interesting you said that because I just ordered and received um the first book that Harlan Coben ever published and um, he added a new foreword or an author's note at the beginning, mentioning how how difficult it was for him to go back because there are so many things that he would have changed or done differently or, you know, the writing was much more raw than what he's doing now. And that's, I thought that's that was interesting. really interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's good to know because I kind of feel the same way. I'm like going, you just, you learn, uh, you know, the more you learn, the more you don't know, you yeah. know, so. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and I mean, with the the lengthy career that you are intending to have, you're always <laughs> going to go back to that first book, right? And be like, oh. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> I, 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 I'm all for, I mean, I'm all for editing, but I also think you better get your new project going. Yep. Yep. Just saying. Yep, it's going good. It's going good. <laughs> I know. I'm excited about that. So, yeah, we should talk about the book. Quick sip. I know. Yeah. Let's talk about um, our new book today. Let's take another sip of wine. Okay. And I want to hear all about it. Okay. It's Into the Black Nowhere by Meg Gardner. Yes. Yes, yes. So, Meg Gardner. It's funny, since we started reading this, she's just been popping up all over the place. <laughs> yeah. We, you and I did mention that. I'm like, did you see her Instagram post or her? Yeah. 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 So really she's, cool. So she's a, th- a thriller writer, obviously. I Well, I guess it's not obvious, but it is. She is. And um, yeah. the book today, Into the Black Nowhere, is the second in her Unsub series. The first mm-hmm. one was called Unsub. Mm-hmm. And um, that won a 2018 Barry Award for Best Thriller. And it's also going, CBS has picked it up for um, a series. I and didn't realize it was a television series. Yes. I, I knew something was happening. I read something, but okay. Yes, CBS um, is doing it. So the main character is FBI agent Caitlin Hendricks. So she's like a rookie, and 
I, I liked her. I thought she was, she, she had a lot of depth and, and she, you know, she's an FBI agent. You know, yeah. <laughs> we always I mean, love I would, Oh, for sure. I, when I would love to see this group of characters on screen. I mean, I would yes. absolutely be watching that CBS series. Yes. And, and it's going to be yeah. out there. And the picture that we saw on Instagram and Facebook and stuff was her, third book in the series that comes out in like i think february of 2020 um yeah. what was it called i forget i wrote it down somewhere the dark corners of the night she likes long oh titles for these yeah that's a good title <laughs> <laughs> so in addition to the these um this series unsub series she has the evan delaney novels there's five of those and that's a feisty journalist from santa barbara and mm-hmm. she and that and one of those, the China Lake, won the Edgar Award in two thousand nine for the best paperback original. And it was listed as a finalist for NPR's one hundred best thrillers ever. So obviously wow. we have some summer reading to do just to backstory on um, Meg Gardner, and then she has the Joe Beckett series featuring a San Francisco forensic psychiatrist, and that has four books and she has three standalones so she's wow. very prolific and she kind of her background sort of reminds me of you because well I mean I don't know what your bachelor's was in hers was in economics but she then she went to law school and then she um, practiced in Los Angeles and she taught a writing program at the University oh. of California at Santa Barbara and Interesting. then, yeah, and then she moved with her husband to London and her three small children, and then she began writing these suspense novels, and now she lives in Austin, Texas, and she's still writing. And really, really, I mean, that's a very interesting background. Oh, yeah. So you think, that, okay, also beyond well, writing, yeah. she is okay. a three-time Jeopardy champion. Oh, really? Yes, and a citizen of the Chickasaw Nation. Oh, interesting, huh? So, you know, it's interesting when I said that she has a very background, that would obviously lend itself to Jeopardy. And Jeopardy's yes. been all over in the news lately. I know, I know. Did you happen, do you watch Jeopardy? Yeah, well, I don't on a regular basis. I mean, I have in my life. I used to, me and my ex-husband, used. I made a spreadsheet and we used to play Jeopardy with the actual spreadsheet and compete. <laughs> How nerdy well, is what that? What did you just say? What did you just say? <laughs> Did you just actually combine spreadsheet, Jeopardy, out? and company? No, I'm absolutely not. But I'm just, I'm reassessing what I know about you. Like, I have to really rethink now. Well, you know, okay. just like a board and, you know, see who who actually mm-hmm. wins. Because like, it was, you know, highly competitive. I like a little, I guess I was going to say, I didn't know you were that competitive. My, my goodness. Well, you know, it was more for fun. It wasn't like, you know, <laughs> where was there wasn't hilarious. any big money on the line or anything. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe some dishes got washed or something, but Yeah, bragging bragging rights. <laughs> but um but anyway, and for Meg Gardner, I have left the the best for last. She oh. is also featured in the Mystery Writers of America cookbook. <laughs> oh. Oh, so she's a foodie. I'm thinking she might be either we that or I don't know. Her. I don't know what her recipe is. It could be something really, you know, funny because she writes these <laughs> horrible. She is funny though. I think in her, 
interactions on um, social media and stuff and yeah interviews that I read <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know but anyway that's great wow. yes so anyway we've we spent so much time talking about Meg Gardner you don't even have to read the book you know just just <laughs> <laughs> no we gotta tell everybody what the book is yes. about what this oh la- about. last but good. not least she's president yeah. of um, Mystery Writers of America this year She's the new president. Oh, she is. Yes. Uh, replacing Jeffrey Deaver. Is that who yes. it was last year? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, yeah. So anyway, this book is, um, it is about a serial killer. It's actually inspired by the real life serial killer, Ted Bundy. Mm. And I don't know how much you know about Ted Bundy. Well, <laughs> I, I want to say more than I wish I did, but yet, you know. I don't know that much. Right. I don't. Well, of course, he, not, he ended yeah. up in Florida and at Florida State, which is actually where my parents went to school. That's where he oh. did the last murders that he before he got caught. And he was executed in Florida. And the, the murders all happened mainly in the 70s. And he was executed in 1989. But there's been so much written about him and so much. But, and, you know, I just thought, oh, you know, I know about them because there's little you know there's movies and whatever right well so I decided to read a little bit about it and I can't give anything away um you know as far as what she wrote in the book but Mm -hmm. I felt like when I was reading this book I was like oh my gosh I can't believe that oh my gosh you know as as the suspense was building and it was going on and I was like going really could that happen real well guess what all the crazy things that you thought mm, no I'm not sure if that would really happen well those were the things yes he had such a crazy you know he escaped from jail twice I did not know that yes I knew he was quite a charmer right that he was he um, escaped I found that to be creepy yeah yeah he escaped (laughs) And then they got him, he came, actually kind of came back um, after, you know, and then they, his lawyers pretty much thought he was going to get off. This was in Colorado or something, and he escaped again. And oh this gosh. one, what he did was he he was going to be his own attorney, and he wanted yeah, to go that. to the, the um, library at the courthouse. And while he was behind the stacks, he jumped out a window left yeah and so then this that was the time he was only gone for like six days and then the next time he sawed through um some some restrictions like bars in the ceiling and he got out through the ceiling and that's when he left and went to florida and killed more people and stuff oh my gosh i know i did not okay i did not know any of that That i know i didn't either i was like oh my gosh yeah so and along the way recently wasn't there recently a movie about him or maybe a Netflix series or something? That I, he's think kind of so. been... I think so. I think cause so, because it was, it was on, and, and I, I, the commercial was on. I think my son was like, who's Ted Bundy? And I'm like, you don't know who Ted Bundy is? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. But, um, but yeah, so that was and, – and you know what I found also very interesting is, of course, you know, the the character in um, – in, in, Meg's book is not, you know, it's just like loosely based on that. Um, but 
we were just talking about with Carla Norton about true crime versus writing fiction based on like true true crime Mm -hmm. or you know loosely and how you can you know and I just thought it was really interesting that the the, and because on on top of this the unsub the first book that she wrote in this series Mm -hmm. was based on the Zodiac killers Zodiac killer whatever they don't even know who he is so I was like you know Wow. It's like a sliding scale between, I mean, obviously this is fiction, but you know, when, mm-hmm. you, when you know, there's true crime, right? Nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And then there's this kind of fiction that's inspired by true crimes. I mean, I can see where there could be a, a sliding scale where you could land right. on either one if you're planning a project. And that's really. Right. And, and, but this one, um, this, in this case, I mean, she's got, it's present day. So we've got present day yeah. technology, you know, I mean, Ted Bundy yeah. could get away with a lot because they didn't even really have DNA testing back then, you know? Well, and they um, also didn't have communi- uh, computer systems that communicated with right. each other, you know, law enforcement agencies. So right. that's so improved greatly Yeah, too. I mean, you know, can you imagine somebody, but if you're right, if you're a mystery thriller writer... Oh, yeah. You've got you've to work around that, you know? And I'm thinking, so do nowadays serial killers because they're still out there you know oh yeah so i'm thinking you You know know, it's interesting i remember one time working on a case that was um in my few days as a prosecutor and it was a you know it was a pretty violent offender Mm -hmm. that we thought you know had been in other places with a record but we didn't Mm -hmm. there was the technology didn't you know it wasn't like we could look up his records nationwide and so we were literally calling you know, calling other law enforcement agencies just on the phone saying, do you have records? And they're looking through paper records, wow. you know, to fax to us. And at that point, you know, is that fax the roller, you know? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I know. Yeah. I know. Compared Thank to now, goodness now yeah. they can do that. But I'm sure, like I said, you know, and there's cameras everywhere now. But, mm-hmm. you know, we see in this book how you can get around that kind of stuff, you know? Oh, Yeah. So, this book is creepy. I mean, I, I, I thought it has a serious creep factor. It was. It was seriously I did creepy. A, I did a combination of reading and listening to this book. Oh. <laughs> have you done? You know, have you done I have that done that with of, some I, books, yeah. I didn't do it yeah. with this one, but yeah. And I was listening to it um, during one particular scene that I thought was pretty creepy. And I, I had the hairs on my arm were standing up. And I was just like, it was creepy. Well, you know, also, do you think it was way the, go, the way the, the, I know, the the way the person read it, too, probably. I mean, mm-hmm. that would just like, you know, it's like yeah, it a, got another dimension there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 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 And so on an interesting side note, too, um, about Ted Bundy, um, he actually worked a, a um, the Seattle suicide hotline. He, and he worked it? Yes. You know, he worked as one of the, he was like a volunteer there. Oh, my God. Yes. This was before, you know, because he started out up in Seattle area with his murders. Mm-hmm. And and his workmate, the person working with him, was Ann Rule, 
who went on to write all the true crime books. The f- one of them, or the first one, maybe, or oh, one of them was Carla The Stranger. Her. Yeah, and yes, she, and yes, so yes, she, yes. Okay. she wrote The Stranger Beside Me, or something like that. I can't remember exactly the title, and so she knew him there and thought he was just you know normal, charming kind of guy, and <laughs> um, you know he was young, whatever, and yeah, kind of scary. Creepy. I know. It's a good book. Everyone should go grab it and read it or listen to it because it's good. Yeah, it is. It is. (laughs) All right. But on a lighter note, there was food in the book. There was food. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, the lighter, the food piece. Okay. So this was not hard for me at all because I, um, so it's, it's a pretty early scene in the book, um, like you said, the main character, this new FBI agent, Caitlin, mm-hmm. is um, with her team and they're um, in a new town doing some investigation. And she decides to go, and she talks about how when she's in a new location, she tries to go to like to the kind of local place just to get a feel in the community. Yep. This community happened to be terrified because women were being abducted. Mm-hmm. And so everyone was kind of obviously very much on edge. Um, but anyway, so she went across the street to a taco stand to get food for she and all of her um, co-workers. Mm-hmm. And this is what I loved, is that um, she goes up to the taco stand, and she gives us a pretty detailed list of all the different kinds, well, some of the mm-hmm. different kinds of tacos. I know, like my stomach was growling when I was reading Mine that. too! <laughs> 25 different tacos, ranging from pulled pork to Jamaican jerk. Mm-hmm. To sriracha shredded lamb mm-hmm. um, and crab uh, cranberry habanero jam. I mean, I I was like, yes, please, hello, all mm-hmm. of it. And so she did the thing I've always wanted to do, which was she's like, I'll take one of everything. I've always wanted to do that. I right? know. I was like, think that stood out to me too. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. that's like fifty tacos or whatever. You know, I don't know what was well, it. Their, she their said one of everything or two of everything. I know. That's why I was like going. I was thinking the same <laughs> yeah. thing. How many tacos can these people eat? Although I have eaten a lot in my day, I can remember during a happy hour or two eating. A lot of them. <laughs> well, especially if it's like a street taco, they're a little bit smaller. You know, they're mm-hmm. not like a huge, you know, burrito size thing. But, um, so I, so two things, um, Mm -hmm. I'll I'll tell you why I, um, grabbed the Malbec is that I did some research into how to pair wine with tacos. Okay. And I, I I found a great article in in the wine enthusiast magazine. Mm -hmm. Um, but of course, because the tacos were so far ranging in different kinds, it Mm -hmm. made it really tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I decided that I went with, um, if, if, or if I was on the receiving end of her lovely delivery, mm-hmm. I would probably pick a beef. I mean, that's just, I like mm-hmm. the beef. I'll, I'll like any kind of taco, but I thought I'd go with a beef. Okay. And so it said, you know, this, this great article mentioned that if you are looking at, um, you know, a beef, a seared, a braised or a stewed beef that you should go for a bolder red, specifically a Malbec. And so I thought, cool. Well, I like Malbec, and so mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to go wrong there. Yep. Um, but my question to you is, do you have, like, food stands near your house that you frequent? Taco stands. Sorry. Taco stands. Okay. So, I, go ahead. Because I'm thinking you must have a lot more access to this kind of a thing, or maybe even a food truck, than mm-hmm. I do. I just don't 
Well, I was thinking about this. I mean, I'm, as you might know, I'm not like, I don't go out a ton, you know, (laughs) I don't go out to dinner a ton or whatever. Um, But there was where I was living before, it was walking distance, and it was this taco place that had tacos like that, you know, Mm -hmm. they would have unusual ones, you know, they might have you know, alligator or, you know, they could have anything. Um, and, and then they also were at, cause I was like, Oh, but I had them one time when I was at like this festival. And then I remembered that they were at a booth. It wasn't like a food truck, but it reminded me of a food truck kind of thing. And there are lots of food trucks around. I just haven't mm-hmm. gone to a lot unless they're, you know, outside sometimes like we have a lot of breweries so they don't have food so the outside they'll have a food truck and they might have that or festivals might have just food trucks come up mm-hmm. and so um that's when I've had them and yes the taco ones are usually the ones that I want to have because they try to make them so unusual in fact I was thinking dang you know I've been my kids are back I've been doing some taco Tuesday I think I'm just going to stop getting the, you know, El Paso Taco Bell kits and, <laughs> and maybe start using, making some of my own kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Because it sounds so good. I know. I will say that I, uh, we don't have, we have a couple f- food trucks that show up on occasion in town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't um, think tacos re- were a big hit in South Dakota, but I could be wrong. I yeah, know. no, I, I think that's a, yeah, people love, so, people love tacos around okay. here. Okay. Um, but I always try to frequent them when I hear about them. I mean, it just isn't a consistent thing. Mm-hmm. In, in you know, in Sioux Falls and Rapid City, the larger cities in South Dakota, they certainly have them. We just don't have as much in Brookings. But right. um, at home, as far as cooking, my latest favorite thing for tacos is doing like a pork carnita. My daughter mm. loves them, and I do too. I like pork and tacos a ton. Also, I mean, do, like, do you like slow cook the pork all day, or what do you do? Yeah, like I'll so slow cook. Yeah, like slow cook like a um, you know Boston butt or mm-hmm. you know a roast. Yeah, um, I like me some butt but, <laughs> <laughs> if it's from Boston. Yeah. Um, or I think that's also called pork shoulder. If it doesn't here, it's called Boston. Oh come butt, on! Don't be, the shoulder, the butt are two different places. So. <laughs> well, I think they are. anyway. Um, but then I will put it under the like once you tear it and shred it, put it mm-hmm. under the broiler so it gets crispy, mm-hmm. and that's where the good stuff like mm-hmm. happens. That's where the mm-hmm. magic is. Yes, you know, like a. I agree. Anyway, yeah, I'm getting mm. hungry now. But I, I know, um, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'll take anything in a taco. There is nothing yeah. I, like actually fish tacos are one of my favorite things. Yes. I love fish tacos. So mm-hmm. anyway, okay. So cool. listen, that's that's it. So there's good food. It's a great book. Now yeah. the writer's perspective. The writer's dun, dun, dun. perspective. The, the final writer's perspective of season final. one. Huh? <laughs> anyway, okay. So this is what I started thinking. When I was reading this book, and like you said, the creep factor was there. Mm. Um, I wonder about writing antagonists. I mean, antagonists. Mm. Yeah, antagonists, not protagonists. Yeah. Okay. Um, and like, you know, or just, you know, how, how bad is a ba- your bad guy? Like, I mean, mm. I wrote a book with a serial killer. So. Yes, you did. I. 
kind of know from that perspective, not every book has a serial killer as the bad guy, but people write them in different ways. Like, do you write them as like you're inside their mind or you're like from the investigator's perspective or like in this, Mm, she kind of did both, I think. Yeah. Which is kind of what I I did, but you could do it for, but she also put the victim's perspective. I don't know if you realize that. I mean, it was all, it was third person, but it was third person close on the victims when I, and it was third person close on the main character and then also, once we started hearing about the serial killer, it was on him, too. So, what do you do? Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't have a wide range of experience, but the, the project that I am uh, editing right now is mm-hmm. I have, it's not a serial, it's not a serial killer. Um, it's a, uh, well, I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't classify her. I mean, she's killed more than one person, but I wouldn't classify her as a serial. She's got like a specific. She's thing a in bad mind guy that, that kills people too. She's pretty bad, and yeah. um, <laughs> but I do. She's pretty bad. She's pretty naughty. I, I, um, and I do write sc- scenes from her perspective. Mm-hmm. I will say she likes food. She, Ooh. I, I, I didn't realize that until right now. But I um, have put a lot of. She likes to eat while she's waiting to do things she shouldn't be doing. Mm. And um, that's very I interesting. I mean, psychologically, <laughs> I'm starting to think. I'm like, hmm. Because I'm thinking my serial killer, well, he wasn't, you know, talking about food too much. So No, and she's a food snob. It makes it even worse. She's a total yeah. food snob. Oh, good. I can't wait to read yeah. it. <laughs> I know. This summer you'll read it. So, this yeah. Summer. Um, this summer. This summer. <laughs> yeah, so I, but I, you know, it's interesting because when I read things like Meg Gardner's book and her scary person, mm-hmm. it makes me think, is my antagonist scary enough? You know, like, you know, you just kind of go big or go home, right? And I always think, is she right. is she as bad as I can make her? Like, so now I'm going to re- Well, but I think everything is, is different. And, you know, the thing is, not everybody wants to read something so terrible. And then well, and it can be interesting that if somebody, if a bad guy is not all the way bad, so then you, you're kind of yeah. conflicted, you know? Well, I think when, I mean, every character, no matter how good or bad they are on the spectrum, right, has to have elements of both. I mean, they right. have to find something that is... But a serial killer them, is so. pretty much It's bad. pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty it's hard. interesting to write it because, you know, when you, I, I mean, it's, it's a little exhausting, you know, when you write it from their perspective. So I'm not sure that, but it's, it, it's also fun. It's creepy. So, it is. Yeah. Have you, okay, why. so have you ever gotten creeped out by your own writing? Yeah. Like when you. I do. <laughs> I I, well, I mean, it, yeah, whenever I would write the serial killer thing, it would be like, that would be a day that I would be like exhausted and then at the same time be like a little exhilarated going, hmm, Ooh, I like should that. I be? And then I'd be like, what is wrong I need with to me? get out of this and <laughs> go talk to some normal people. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Well, I, um, I am glad you talked about that aspect of it because this book in particular sure sure had a um a, a pretty a pretty awful 
antagonist, but ma'am, right. was it readable? Yeah, yeah. And she, but I, I just found it so great the way she handled it. Cause you know, there are times when you read books that you're like, okay, it seems, I don't know. It doesn't flow as smoothly, but this kind of, you know, even though you're jumping around from head to head to head, you know, um, mm-hmm. somehow she was able to kind of do it where you didn't even kind of notice. You're like, hmm, oh, yeah. She's yeah. masterful. Let's say that. She's masterful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it was interesting. Yeah. Yep. I'm not sure if we came to any conclusions on how to do it the best way, but. I don't think there is a best way. I think you no. just do it the way you do it and the way you can live with yourself. <laughs> well, I think Meg Gardner is a good study if you want to know how to do it. If yep. anybody's interested in doing some research. Yep. I agree. So anyway, so once again, today's book was Into the Black Nowhere by Meg Gardner. And um, Kathy, so what do you think about this Trevento official wine of the Major League Soccer wine? (laughs) (laughs) I'm curious about that. Um, I like it. I think it's a really, I think it's a really nice um, drinkable wine. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I'm starting to taste the chocolate and the. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do. I do. I think it's a good table wine. I think I agree. You could have it with a lot of different things. So I'm enjoying it. It was. I think it was just right at 10 bucks here in South Dakota. Yep, that's what it was here too. Like 10, okay. 10 and change. All right. All right. So, um, all of you MFs out there, thanks for hanging in here with us while we've <laughs> grown. I mean, we've changed a lot in 32 weeks, but, um, and we've learned a lot, but. Um, you stuck through us through season one of Game of Books, and we have a ton planned for season two. We do. I'm I mean, really we're going to be we're going to be planning, yeah. and we have things planned. So, in other words, we'll be like scheduling. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And yeah. so, we need you to subscribe for sure, so that you know when we're starting back up. And um, um, you can always go back and listen to our old episodes in the meantime, because we do have thirty two <laughs> of them. I know. Pretty rough. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I know. I know. They'll get you through a road trip or two, maybe a workout or something. Nice. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And you, of course, can continue to follow us over the summer while we're on hiatus on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yep. Our handle is at GOB Writers. That's we us. We would love to hear. <laughs> That's us. We would love to hear what you like or want more of on our episodes as we prepare for a killer season two. Yes. So that's all for this episode and season one of Game of Books. We'll be back with you in a couple months where you can get your food, wine, and mystery tips every Friday morning just in time for the weekend. This is Kathy. And Christy. Saying thanks for listening. Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody.